Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly. And Ryan, we're going to open the show here today with some news that I know is very important to you. Um, a dear personal friend of yours has actually gotten a, a job in college football coaching, I guess in college football recruiting. Uh, Shimmy Schimbeckler is, uh, is the new assistant director of football recruiting for Michigan. And I know that you and Shimmy go way, go way back. Um, just a very exciting day for you, I'm sure, to be friends, one, with a grown man named Shimmy, um, and right. two, to see him getting a job, which is really, I think, a, a huge feat for a man named Shimmy to have a job at all, period. Yeah, well, look, when me, him, and Jay Paterno were running around uh, Les Wexner High School, I, I think times were a lot different back then. And, uh-huh. and you know, uh, our good friend Brett Kavanaugh had a lot of conversations about this in the press. And, and obviously, like, people's expectations of what, quote-unquote, good behavior or, you know, um, reasonable and ethical, st- you know, hiring practices maybe for an institution, I think are just way off. Like, there's nothing wrong with this guy who may or not have, you know, uh, be liking tweets, calling Joe Biden a pedophile twice a week. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with him, you know, and, and his father's associations with, with you know, a lot of violence and and, and horrible cover-ups. Uh, nothing wrong with giving that guy access to coaching, uh, you know, teenagers and, and young adults. I think it's a good thing to do. And um, just, I mean, more, I mean, Jim Harbaugh is just a special guy, right? It's great having him around the sport. Mm-hmm. What he really cares about and, and you, know, you know, coaches and elevates these young men outside of college football like we always hear about. I think it's just another great example of that. Yeah, and this is also sort of another example of the continued uh, Ohio Stateification of Michigan in this current, <laughs> this <Right>. current era. <laughs> this is, uh, I would say, a very Urban Meyer style move from Michigan as it continues to establish itself as Ohio State and as Ohio State. I, I think to I think we should clarify one thing here. The, the Urban Meyer style move is like hot for some reason. Hiring the guy who was like the legal fixer who covered up the crime to be on your football staff, mm-hmm. not the guy who's who's that. Yeah, it's like if you hired if you hired like Shem Beckler's lawyer for some reason to be like your director of football ops, <laughs> that would be the Urban Meyer. Move. Yeah, Urban Meyer would never make uh, a never make a hire based on someone's last name or who their dad was. He would not. That's just no, not something that no, would cross course, his yeah, mind. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, of course, it's fucking gross, right? It's, yeah. it's. I mean, like, you know, Ace and Dan were tweeting about this, and their take on that, and I think Taylor as well, that could take on over the right ones, just that, like, as long as Harbaugh's around here and the boosters are who they are, uh, you're going to keep doing Shem Beckler stuff, right? Like, yeah. Shem Beckler is Michigan's eyes of Texas. Like, if you don't, like, love Shem Beckler, you're not allowed to have a job. It's kind of their whole thing. Yeah. Like, you know, even, if they're, even though they're good again for the first time in, like, 30 years, uh, their whole thing is just caring about guys who were at the school like 60 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like all they care about or, or you know, a hundred years ago. Yeah. So and, and until, unless you genuflect to that, like the boosters won't give you money. So it's what they're going to do forever. If it's because it's kind of the institution they are. It's cool. Uh, that just it, what you expect. It's really cool that basically every college football program has like some deeply evil guy or tradition or thing that it does um that uh still exists <laughs> they're all still doing it they're all still yeah. like, like they've maybe in some places toned it down but it seems like basically every school has out front a statue of like a guy who uh ate babies when he was the head coach in like 1934 <laughs> like well this guy, we, we should do yeah he was, we should do one of those like call listen or call in episodes except it's just like fans of different programs telling us what their like their yeah. horrifying scandal is in their yeah. past who's your evil guy good. what is the central core of your program's evil that makes it capable of playing Division One football because you have to have some sort of evil reservoir to tap into if you want to compete. You have to, yeah. You and and yeah. the more evil your school is, the better you are at football generally. And so this is Michigan again making a big play here for <laughs> for becoming we're, more. We're going to do one of those like comically evil than it was before with with uh, with the Jim Beckler stuff. Can someone, one of our one of our listeners, remind us in February of next year to do like a March Madness style tournament for like who the worst like sexual offenders are in the history of college football? <laughs> yeah, that uh, one. I don't know that we can do that one. That that feels like a, a <laughs> that feels like flipping the field season one episode. I don't know that we could still get away with that in in season three. <laughs> yeah, since we've got Hollywood, we can't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you we were recently acquired by Peacock, and so it it would be I think sort of difficult for us given NBC's history as well with that kind of thing. They're sensitive about that stuff yeah um, we're doing we're doing the happy valley tournament sponsored by home field apparel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, but I mean, it is bad. But again, when you consider that Ward Manuel was involved uh, in the hiring of Jeffrey Epstein for the FBI, I think I think the Schembechler hire makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we he also, uh, yeah. unfortunately, he did write Hamilton, which was equally bad. Yeah. Ward Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I thought that was really bad of him to do. I don't really know why he did that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's oh, a that's a of... really good one. Fuck. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't made that joke before. That's really good, dude. I, I guess I had just never really considered it. But yeah, Ward Manuel Miranda, the, the most evil man on the, on the planet. That's... Yeah, they're going to be calling him Ward Manuel Miranda Rights after this hour, mm, huh? Yeah, um... yeah. That is something to think about. Um, <laughs> so we've got uh, we, we've, we've got a little bit of a mixed bag show here for you on this one, this, uh, this, this free one. Um, if you want the premium episodes, also, before we get into this, uh, we should probably mention you can get those if you go to meetatmidfield.com meetatmidfield.com right we're not .gov yet we've been working on that <laughs> not yet um, but if you go to meetatmidfield.com and subscribe uh, you can get the pre- you can get the premium episodes of flipping the field i think that has been what most recently there was a mac preview up there before that it is really hard to know uh, what the premium episodes were and i am desperately looking trying to figure it out um, oh, we talked about the Colorado transfer stuff. We talked about outlier seasons. We talked about a Q and a, um, this one is just called Texas A&M head football coach, Johnny Manziel. I don't really remember what that was about. Um, mm. there's another one here called feminizing the field. It's, it's a, it's a good time over there. Apparently <laughs> it seems like, um, and if you want to go to meetupmidfield.com and subscribe, you can get access to those episodes as well as the, the back catalog, which I, I think would be a really normal thing to do, right. To listen to back catalog episodes of a college football podcast, especially ones from like within the season that would probably uh, hold up. If people do that, people yeah. just send us like, I will wig occasionally get the note like, Hey dude, I was listening to this episode you guys did six months ago. I'm like, oh, That's cool. crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. Doing that with like a theme episode, I guess makes sense. Like doing like the all Italian team episode at a later date, I guess is, is understandable. But if you're listening to in season podcast episodes in like July, I don't know. I don't know what you got going on over there. That is, that is dedication to the cause. But um, as well as the premium podcast, you also get access, of course, to the community message board, which is very good, especially during the season, but even out of the season, all sorts of good stuff over there. Um, and plenty of premium posts I just put up today, and I think completely forgot to post about it or put it anywhere, the first uh, of mm-hmm. uh, two Mac previews. Going to do that after I finish this episode with Ryan, I think. Um but the Mac West preview is up, I believe, for subscribers. Um, all sorts of written stuff on there. Ryan has been doing player position rankings. You're on running backs now, correct? That's right. I am uh, I am almost halfway through running backs in terms of numbers. Uh, or at least I will be by the time this publishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, we've got wide receivers reports coming next. A lot of people are saying that Big Game Boomer is looking at my work. People are saying yeah. he's looking over my shoulder, yeah. copying my notes. Uh, but what can you do? <laughs> and 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 uh, notorious, uh, reputable websites like 247 are also apparently looking over <laughs> Big Game Boomer's shoulder for mm-hmm. their content, which is <laughs> good. It seems like college football media is in a good place and meet at midfield is here to uh make it even better we've we've asked chat gpt to write every one of our fucking tweets and articles and it's really cool and everyone really likes it it's good um the content is good uh but uh you can i guess you can avoid that happening you can avoid us uh, (laughs) shipping our, our work off to a computer if you can if you can subscribe to meet at midfield um do you want to do the home field read as well here before we jump into uh some some realignment news realignment notes from a, a sports illustrated story this week yeah yeah uh hopefully apparel is a company that produces the internet's uh, uh best generic viagra and cialis for all of your uh yeah. <laughs> um, no they uh they're an incredible high-end uh, uh college football luxurious mm-hmm. apparel company mm-hmm. um they had some really incredible drops this week i saw northwesterns is out there um, you know, they just had, I think, a nine shirt drop come through this week or nine piece drop. Hard to say. One of those. Um, yeah. What shirts are versus pants. I guess there's um, going to be sweatshirts as well. And we're still debating on yeah. if those are shirts or not. It's it's hard to really and, say for sure. And today's today's, you know, the, the pivot and kind of the current um, the current coaching philosophies towards positionless fashion have uh-huh. really kind of changed what what a shirt is versus a pant. Yeah. Um, what's a kilt? What's a skirt? You know, these these are kind of blurred lines now in fashion. Yeah. Uh, and Homefield is is pushing the, the very boundary and frontier of those because it's a it's a fashion forward brand um, that is going to turn heads. 
uh, and frankly, like you remember those old Axe commercials? Uh, I think you were probably five or six years old when these were coming out, <laughs> uh-huh. where uh, you know you put on the uh, the spray on Axe deodorant, uh, and women would just flock to you. Which, by the way, is exactly how it worked for me yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, when I was thirteen. Yeah, of course. Um, it's kind of like that wearing a home field shirt. Uh, this is a real, I'll tell a true anecdote here. Uh-huh. I lent a, a a home field apparel shirt to a woman I was seeing, uh, and it has been seven weeks in counting since I've gotten that shirt back. I've asked for it every time I've seen her since. <laughs> cannot get the shirt back. I cannot get the fucking shirt. Yeah, you can't. I want the shirt. You got to understand when you give the shirt or when you give the sweatshirt, you're not getting it back. It's not. It's not really. I don't know. <sighs> up for debate at that point you can't of course of course i know this i know this but i i I agreed i was like look hey (laughs) i will give you a different shirt but if you're gonna borrow that one i have to have that one back she's like yeah yeah no of course no worries i'm never getting that shirt back (laughs) it's gone it's gone it's been absorbed it's gone it's in the wardrobe now oh man yeah they are really pushing home field is really pushing boundaries by putting a sports logo on a shirt uh i think they're actually the first company to ever do that under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to get in on the fun, uh, you can go to homefieldapparel.com. And if you use the code meet at midfield, uh, check out, you can get 15% off your first purchase, which is a good amount to get off your first purchase. Um, if it's not your first purchase, you could suck an egg. Not my problem. You can, <laughs> you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. <laughs> Only for the first purchase. Do we, do we, uh, have any part of this, this, uh, this uh, transaction and even then only if you put the code in so you're going to have to put that code meet at midfield in if you want um our power of attorney and also 15 percent off you can't really include us otherwise so uh, homefieldpower.com use the code meet at midfield for 15 percent off your first purchase ryan let's talk realignment let's talk this sports illustrated article from ross dellinger that starts um <laughs> the same exact way that every ross dellinger article starts um by describing an utterly uninteresting uh, place where people are just sort of talking, I guess. They're not really, there's nothing mm-hmm. really going on that's worth describing in this much detail. Uh, but he starts... The Dellinger Zone. Yeah, yeah. the Dellinger Zone. <laughs> he starts here. He, he just <laughs> describes like fucking convention centers. His job is to, is to describe <laughs> convention centers. I've seen a convention center. They all look the same. Um, two weeks Dude, ago... really quick, can, can we talk about the fact before we get to this one? Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the stuff with Brian Windhorst last night? Yeah, where he went to he went to France for sixty seconds of an interview, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> the awesome. The picture of him just jet lagged, and I think he looks drunk as well. Yeah, uh, just fucked up out of his mind for that seventy second interview in France, where Mignano's barely talking to him, mostly uh, just celebrating. Is so funny. Dude, he's he awesome. is he's awesome. He's the ultimate road warrior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's sweet about about it's what it's it's three thirty a.m. in Rome. My wife's considering divorce. he's he's awesome i hope he got like a largely just a free vacation to france out of this like i hope he gets to stick around but i know that that's probably not i mean espn is is seemingly in money saving mode so i think they're probably he's got a he's got a 1 a.m flight right back home he's he's doing the interview and then he's driving back to the fucking airport (laughs) they've got him flying they've got him flying coach speaking of (laughs) it's time for us to announce our acquisition by pat mcafee's espn show oh god yeah yeah of course yeah they they, (laughs) the tendrils of pat mcafee's show reaching into ours um no so we've got an article here from ross dellinger of sports illustrated by uh back may 15th titled the next wave is coming expansion realignment and what's at stake for power five conferences um this is i think probably the 40th or 50th time he's written this exact article, but there are some new notes in here. Um, It starts, as I mentioned earlier, uh, saying two weeks ago inside a lavish resort in suburban Phoenix, not a a combination of words you can use, um, down a long hallway and two flights of stairs, executives from two conferences inched closer to further altering the landscape of college sports. They talked about expansion. Often... (laughs) God, this guy sucks at writing so bad. This is so bad. <laughs> like we were talking about this a little bit before the show. It's just you don't need to you don't need to set the scene. You don't need, no, there's nothing interesting happening here like that you are seeing. It's it's not like, oh, this is so crazy. They're having like an open floor screaming match. These commit they're just in fucking meeting rooms in like a hotel. It, it reminds me of the classic like lead where it's like, you know, it was a dewy or it was a dew-soaked morning yeah. uh, on the field in, in you know, <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona, where 
so-and-so had just gotten done being charged with, you know, six counts of reckless. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just get to that already. I don't need the fucking color about how the hotel. Oh, wow. The Mandalay Bay was really popping this time. I don't give a shit. It looks the same as it always does. These are all the same place. You don't need to describe it. Anyway, um, often sparring publicly with one another, the two sets of league administrators separately met behind closed doors like a pair of boxers secretly preparing for the big fight against each other. You know, like boxers do, how they secretly prepare for each other. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, In one corner was the Pac-12, an array of broad-based universities betrayed by their Los Angeles defectors and now at the mercy of media networks to prevent further departures. In the other corner is the Big 12, an expanding group of universities spanning Utah to Florida with a brash commissioner whose aggressive nature makes him a territorial threat to the West. Ryan, um, who do you think uh, Ross's primary source is? The Big 12 commissioner or the Pac-12 commissioner, based on the way that those two paragraphs are written? Hmm, hard to say. Also, the phrase primary threat to the West, like he's writing a geopolitics article, is yeah, so funny. Yeah, it's my awesome. Man is, my man has been reading Thomas Friedman too much before he's talking about conference expansion. The, just, the juxtaposition of the scene was fascinating. A mere 20 feet of carpet <laughs> separating the two meetings with a labyrinth of, within a labyrinth of convention space at the Hyatt Regency Ganey Ranch. <laughs> Shut wow, the that's fuck fascinating. Up. It was fascinating. <laughs> wow, 20 feet of, Walker Ranch. Yeah, 20 feet of carpet <laughs> and two closed doors. It was fascinating. <laughs> God. I would love to Damn, have this. Damn, that's man's what's brain. up. Yeah. I would absolutely love to have this man's brain. He's just he's trying to do like fear and loathing at the hotel. Like you didn't even go anywhere. You didn't even do anything cool. You just went to the thing you were supposed to go to and sat in a chair oh. for three hours waiting for these guys to come out. Fear and loathing in sports writing is just figuring out how many orders of zesty nachos they eat at a Denny's on a fucking yeah uh, on a weekend out. God, I hate these people. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm I'm not going to read this whole thing, but there are quite a few things in this story that either confirm what we were already thinking um, or add a little bit of color to what we were already thinking or in a few cases bring in some new information. Um, I have uh, summarized a lot of it and we're going to sort of just sort through this as we go. Um, So Ross reports here that the Big 12 has uh, seemingly quite a few programs that it is interested in adding potentially um, ranked in a basic order of Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah as a group. Um, And then I guess if that bunch was not available for whatever reason, uh, the next bunch is San Diego State, UNLV, UConn, Memphis. um, And then behind them is Colorado State, SMU, and Fresno State. I don't think any of this is really a huge surprise, right? No, no. I mean, it seems like, I don't know. I don't think it gets past SMU, right? Yeah, it would, it would be hard to, um, I, I mean, honestly, it would be kind of hard to imagine it getting past, like, Memphis. I, I don't know that, uh, like, it, it, it goes on here. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read a little bit from it. So he writes, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark is aggressively pursuing expansion targets in an attempt to reach 14 or 16 members. Top priority are the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah. I would guess, just adding this myself, I would guess that's the order, is probably the Arizona schools, then Colorado, then Utah, um, and that they would presumably take all four, but if they're just getting two, I would guess it's the Arizona schools. The Colorado um, thing's interesting, though, right? Like, I get it, and I get why like the, the ties are a little more kind of traditional with Colorado. Yeah. It's also a little bit better of school academically, yada, yada. But the Big 12 isn't really tied into the academics the way, say, the Big 10 or ACC are. Yeah. Like, it's not really an important or meaningful thing for them as far as I can tell. And, and like, the football value, color, the, the athletic value of Colorado overall is significantly lower than Utah's. Yeah, uh, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I, gu- I guess it would be partially, you know, you're expanding into the West, you get another kind of branch between like Iowa State and BYU and Utah, uh, as well as the, yeah, the Arizona yeah. schools, you get closer to Denver. Um, I, I mean, I guess you can talk yourself into it. If you need a fourth team, Colorado would be better than the other options behind it. But it's still, I think, pretty easily the fourth of that four. Um, it says also here, there are plenty of other potential replacements if the Pac-12 programs choose to stay. Um, though San Diego State seems bound for the Pac-12, and is their preference, Yormark has held conversations with the school's leadership about being the Big 12's only program in the Pacific time zone. What a pitch right there, immediately. What an, what an amazing pitch. Wow, you could be the only team on the West Coast. <laughs> That would be sick. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool to fly everywhere all the time? 
<laughs> that's your that's your that's big good. that's your punchline sentence there. Wow, you could be the only school in the Pacific Coast. Cool. That sounds terrible. That sounds <laughs> that sounds really shitty. Thanks, Brett. Um, I get what he's saying. I get he's like trying to give them kind of a leg up. It's like, yeah. hey, we're the good lead. Yeah, you know, like the other guys are dying out. But like, if you're San Diego State and you fall for that and yeah. think that they're not going to take like the upgrade, the chance they get. Yeah, of know, course. And it is also like the Pac-12 basically also could sell you that because the schools in California are not trying. Stanford and California are not trying to be good at sports. You could just do this anyway. You don't have to fucking <laughs> be the only the only Pacific Coast uh, uh, Big Twelve team to be the dominant force in the 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 league in Southern California. You're the only school there. Nobody else is trying. <laughs> Stanford and Cal don't give a shit. Um, so it, it continues here. Uh, UConn, the reigning men's basketball champions, is a play for a foothold in the Northeast as well as adding another basketball powerhouse to what currently is the best hoops league in the country. Um, I I have seen that one echoed a couple places, the UConn thing. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why you would add UConn if you're the Big 12. Basketball is not the moneymaker, and that football program is not worth even looking at, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know what would be the, the value of of this really it's it's another you get to add a team that's in the middle of fucking nowhere way way away from even your furthest you know flings um and they don't add any value in football i don't i don't really see the appeal of yukon honestly on either side yeah no it doesn't make any sense to me like there's just a whole lot of these teams that that i guess don't make much sense i i, I think like my my take is at least on, on the big 12 and pac-12 expansions here if I'm either team, the Big 12, I think, should not make a move yet. It's one of the Pac-12 schools. Yeah. Um, if I'm the Pac-12, I wouldn't add anyone aside from aside from San Diego State or SMU either. The reason being is, like, what is the value to over-expanding your league right now for teams that are probably lower value when you know, like, you're probably going to get another bite at the Apple before the Big 12, sorry, before the Pac-12 does be the Big 12, which means you can try to raid those schools again, or you know we're going to watch them eventually leave for the Big 10, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, that's a dead league walking, right? And as well, which you're going to get into this article here, I'm sure, all of the, the turmoil in the ACC it means that those schools are going to become available in the not-too-distant future as well. I mean, it might take a little longer, but why not just wait out for the better brands yeah. who need a place to go? instead of trying to overexpand now. Yeah, instead of getting stuck with UConn, like every conference that has taken UConn did, right? Like that's, there's yeah. no there's no precedent for taking UConn and being like, oh yeah, this is awesome, except for the Big East, which doesn't play football, right? Like that's the, that's, that's the only circumstance in which you would want UConn is if it was only their basketball team. You don't want the football right. program. The football program is dead fucking weight. You don't need it. Um, it continues here, end of Memphis, the Tigers finished as a finalist the last time the Big 12 expanded. That is not a positive point. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that would be included as a positive point well you didn't make it last time but now that the you know <laughs> now, that the now we have more higher, money in a stronger position yeah. than ever maybe we'll consider you yeah now <laughs> that the bar is higher um uh, continues here uh your mark's interest in unlv seems like a calculated maneuver arguable he loves um, gambling yeah, yeah. pac 12 commissioner george <laughs> klyovkov a former casino executive who resides in las vegas is slowly shifting the conference's hub to sin city that 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 is a, a brain dead sentence if you have ever been to las vegas or know anything about unlv football no one in las vegas cares about unlv football they're just there it's not like yeah. oh this is las vegas's team they have like three billboards that's it that's the entire yeah. impact that they have on the city is that they have like a doofy ass picture of Barry Odom when you're like 20 miles out from the city on a big signpost. <laughs> That's it. That's the entire. Dellinger Del goes on to write. People yeah. famous know that Brett Yormark is a huge fan of both casino chips and pussy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it uh, it says here, in an interesting wrinkle, could Klyovkov's targeting of SMU be a similar play? SMU's located in the Big 12 zone hub city of Dallas. Uh, no, on both no, fronts. No, these don't. No, this is Why not Why would you need to do so, that? What would be the point? You already have a hub city. You just mentioned them. That's a fine place to be. The Big 12 <laughs> is central to Dallas, just like the Pac-12 is central to Las Vegas. It's not that hard to understand. <laughs> Just, God, just adding some shitty program from nearby would not do anything. That doesn't give you anything. It just it means you have them. Great, cool. It doesn't. It has. It, being near that city hasn't done anything for fucking UNLV either. Why would it do anything for you? Um, uh, but it, it finishes up here. This this big uh, bulk of text. The Big 12's expansion decisions could be <laughs> solidified 
in a matter of weeks. Conference administrators meet at the end of the month in West Virginia, great place to meet, including school presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of the, the Big 12 stuff here. It says the Pac-12 is more focused on San Diego State and SMU. Um, plans to expand by adding San Diego State and maybe SMU. I don't really know why you'd add one and not the other. It seems, I don't know that 11 is a great number for a conference. Um, coinciding with its completion of a new TV deal. But there is a deadline. To start playing 2024, San Diego State owes the Mountain West an exit fee of about $17 million. That triples in cost on July 1st, a reason for the quasi-deadline to the situation. Um, Over the next 30 to 60 days, more clarity is expected as the Pac-12's new television deal is finalized. So that's that's sort of an overarching thing of this is that, like, it seems like this is all coming pretty soon, right? That's been my read on this is that this is going to be a this summer thing because San Diego State probably doesn't want to pay... Would that be fifty-one million dollars to uh, to to get out rather than seventeen million? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that that's really something that would be interesting to San Diego State, even with uh, you know probably an influx of money coming in with the move to the Pac-12. It's not that much money. It's not. <laughs> it's not throwing no. away fifty-one million dollars money. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fairly straightforward thing, right? It's like the, the Pac-12 is waiting to get their their cash offer from these TV deals. They're kind of waiting to have the offer finalized. The schools are waiting to see the offer. And determine if they want to sign it or not. Yeah, uh, they're going to end up adding SMU and San Diego State, regardless, in my opinion, because they have to. They need the inventory to sell. Um, they want to, you know, diversify the league a little bit. I think they're not going to shrink the pie too much. Yeah, I think those moves are uh, basically like I think it's it's a near given. We're going to see a TP deal in the next six weeks. We're going to see San Diego State and SMU added. And the only question is if the TP deal sucks bad enough, are some of those four corner schools jumping to the Big Twelve or not? Yeah, like that's the only question left. Is you know, is anything left happening there? Because the Big Ten is going to press pause on Oregon and Washington for now. They don't have to say yes yet. It's not going to, they can wait, you know, um, yeah. to get more clarity in the ACC as time goes on there. So the situation looks like, uh, which those schools will be available, you know, how much money Oregon and Washington are worth as like kind of heads in a league. All those things, they can gather more data, take kind of stock of, of how USC and Oregon mesh into the conference. So all, like basically, I think the only things we're waiting to see is just how much money the Pac-12 gets and what day San Diego State and SMU say yes. Yeah. The Big 12, unless they completely shock me, are not going to have one of these random G5 schools. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know why you would. I, I think you could just wait to see if those Pac-12 schools are satisfied to, to stay put. And then even then, you don't really need to push and add like UConn right now. You're, you could, you're fine. You have an appropriate yeah. number of teams. You're fine. You can just sit and wait and see what happens at the ACC. Um, finishing up here with the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and then we're going to move to the ACC. Uh, there's a quote here that kind of uh, ends the the Big 12 and Pac-12 part of the story that I just thought was very funny uh, and, and kind of reflective of Ross's style, which says here, those inside the Big 12 gunning for Pac-12 defections believe the league is cooked. Those in the Pac-12 wanting to protect its 10 schools believe the league will arrive at a strong enough deal coinciding with a short grant of rights, four to six years. Wow. Um, this is this is the thing that I do think is kind of endearing about Ross, which is that he will just tell you exactly what the people feeding him information are saying. He does not try to spin it in any in any meaningful way. <laughs> he will just tell you straight up, like, oh, the Big Twelve is saying that it's cooked, and the Pac twelve is saying that it isn't. Right? Like that. <laughs> you don't really get this kind of. It's it's usually when you tell a reporter this kind of thing, you expect them to work it into the narrative in some way, and not just to fucking quote not you directly. Ross, baby. Yeah, not to. Just just say, oh, my Big 12 sources are saying that the Pac-12 is fucked, and my Pac-12 sources are saying, no, actually, we're chilling. <laughs> cool. God damn, dude. It's so fu- <laughs> Like, at least with Woj and Shams, when you kind of, yeah, like, everyone knows those guys are, like, mouthpieces for the NBA in certain ways, right? Yeah. You can tell, like, which sources they're a mouthpiece for, right? Like, yeah. Chris Haynes, when he does his warrior stuff, like, it's it's pretty obvious when it's coming from Steph Curry versus when it comes to the organization, like you can read all of that very blatantly. Yeah. With Ross, it's great because anyone can tell him anything and he'll just print it. Yeah. You don't even have to try to figure out who it's coming. He'll tell you. <laughs> this, well, the commissioner told me that he thinks that this other league is actually shitty and that all of their teams should come to his league. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose he would think that. That does make sense. Um, so that's that's sort of what it has here on the Big 12 and the Pac-12, which is kind of the the basis for what will be this next uh, part of realignment is it's going to depend first on the Pac-12 and then rippling out from there, depending on what happens there, um, with the Big 12 being the, the next in line, the closest affected that would then 
potentially grab some schools from the Pac-12. Um, it, it carries on here to the other side of the country, to the ACC, which is, uh, it says here, uh, kind of in an untenable situation, he writes, a subset of seven schools in the 14-member conference has coalesced over what many of them describe as an untenable situation. Um, that group is led by Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, uh, and includes the North Carolina schools, North Carolina and North Carolina State, as well as Virginia and Virginia Tech, kind of the football powers and also uh, Virginia's here because they don't want to get left behind. Um, it says that they have been looking at the grant of rights to determine just how unbreakable it is. The grant of rights, of course, goes through 2036 and says that if a school breaks the deal, the ACC will continue to own the TV rights of any of that school's home games. Um, it's possible, it says uh, in, a, in a 247 sports story, and this is what we've been operating with the assumption of, um, it's possible but not guaranteed that a majority departing in mass would dissolve the grant of rights. That's still, I guess, not known or assured in any way. It's just been kind of the thought. Um, but they don't have a majority. They have seven. They have, they have sort of the seven football schools, and then the other half of the conference seemingly is not especially interested in this. This is not really new information, but I believe this is the first time that the seven schools have been directly named, right? Florida State and Clemson and Miami have been pretty open about this, but I don't think the other four really had been. And also, I think the interesting part here is that Virginia Tech has been included and Duke is not. I think there's been yeah. kind of talk of the seven, and it's been pretty widely thought that Virginia Tech was not making that cut, but kind of interesting they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I believe this seven is – I don't I don't know that the seven was mentioned in Ross's story. I think this might be from um, from Brett McMurphy, if memory serves. Uh, regardless, um, that's – There has been a few articles. The, the – the Athletic had their version, too, from Nicole Auerbach. It's yeah. Basically, everyone got leaked this shit at the same time. Yeah. Well, everybody sat in the chairs and watched the closed doors for three hours and then got, you know, half a quote from somebody running to try and go get a sandwich. <laughs> that was that was their job. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go to this hotel and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wait to get half a quote from somebody who wants a sandwich. Um, so it, it suggests a couple of options here for the ACC. Uh, all of which I would say seem pretty bad. It seems like things are not great for the ACC right now. The first option being approach ESPN for more money. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that that would be a very long meeting. I don't imagine that that would go. Mm. That that would go especially well. Thanks well. for coming out. <laughs> You flew out. Sorry, here. boys. We're all t- we're, we're tied up in Pat McAfee right now. I don't you, think we have that. <laughs> you flew out here for that. You flew out here to ask for more money. Is that? <laughs> Am I hearing this right? They're not getting past the front desk. It's it's like the big short scene where they, <laughs> they just send down some fucking intern. It's like, oh, that's really awesome that you're here. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Did you say you're from the ACC, right? Oh, well, we actually only really work directly with the SEC. But you know, maybe when you have uh, Alabama and Georgia, you can you know you can get into that top unit. We'll talk. Uh, we'll see you then. Yeah. You know, like that's what. <laughs> What would that conversation yeah. even be? Man, I, we can either pay discounted rates for like three or four awesome brands for the next 10 years, or we could pay a higher market rate uh, instead of just letting no it. Like, you know, <laughs> for no reason. For no reason. If they were going to do anything to benefit these schools, which they won't do because, yeah. again, it's a great discount, they would just let them out of the contract so the good schools could join this league they also own. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, where are you going to go? <laughs> they can't but... do it because it would be illusion. It would be illegal. It would be... They would be sued out of their fucking ass by every other like college football league. Yeah, uh, it, it's why they can't do it. Yeah, it's so funny to to think about the ACC going to ESPN hat in hand. Just like, can we get a bigger? Can we get a raise? Can we get a contract increase? <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah. no. We're Let's actually your performance reviews. Yeah, actually, we're gonna give you less <laughs> it says money. Here, Fuck you. <laughs> it says here you let uh, the Mark Whipple, uh, Pat Narduzzi, Pitt team win the conference. <laughs> <laughs> Can't looks, work that out. Looks like Wake Forest has won 10 games a lot recently. Did you know about that? Have you? <laughs> what's going on with that? Duke won nine games in year one under a new coach, it says here. Is that, was that on your hmm. objectives? They, they had a white boy from Alabama quarterback. This, You're telling this, me they won nine games? This just says five and seven Miami. Is that, or is that right? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? Um, yeah, so that's that's an awesome conversation to imagine. I'd love to be uh, sitting at a hotel waiting for that to end so that I can get, you know, a whiff of, uh, uh, yeah. AC, of of ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, and he can tell me. I can't wait to get ongoing. four big slices of tomato on Shibata. Yeah, exactly. Um, so <laughs> the next option here is to split in half with the departing teams paying the $120 million exit fee and, quote, hoping they can break a grant of rights agreement that most attorneys say is airtight. Um, it's unclear, uh, based on the article, where these teams would go. 
um, because it says, and we're going to get to this in a minute, that the Big Ten and the SEC aren't really all that interested right now. I don't know how much I actually believe that, but um, I don't know where these teams would go other than like the Big 12. Uh, so this this option also doesn't seem super viable or really attractive to me. Um, and it is tied in pretty directly with option three, which is split and create a new league, which would be, I guess, the answer for you know not being able to find a conference. But again, that grant of rights why is going to be, yeah. yeah you, why would you do that? And also, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be making any more money than you currently are. The most attractive options, many of them would be just other ACC teams, and I don't know that the ACC would be thrilled about you doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and so you'd just be paying an exorbitant amount of money and losing probably some pretty major television rights for the sake of like just starting the ACC, but with Memphis, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, you're you're just you like cutting what Boston College, Syracuse, <laughs> Wake Forest, and Duke from the current ACC and yeah. together ten teams. Just seems like that, a, are you getting that like much money from that? To yeah. Benefit of that would be. You're you're starting a separate group chat that replaces the old group chat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which we, we've all done, but it feels bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're calling the 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 member group from 26 to 22. <laughs> well, we got to yeah. get rid of these four guys who were just you know kind of harsh in the vibe. Um, and so then the fourth yeah. option here, and seemingly I guess the the most realistic, is to change the revenue distribution model to a more merit based system, which is uh, the way that they are phrasing it. This would essentially just mean that. Florida State and Clemson and Miami get a larger percentage of the revenue, right? Well, for, for bowl games and well, like not that. actually though, right? They they said it's I, I believe they said the 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 system is split on on wins and, and conference success, which is yeah. why when I never get past. Yeah, um, it says also here in quote, when, yeah, in when Miami when Miami and Virginia find out you actually have to win games to, yeah. to be able to get that. That's uh, fair. <laughs> get that? Yeah, they're gonna say no, thank you. Yeah, I'm actually good on that. It also says here in this quote, um, however, any change in the distribution model falls short of significantly closing the gap between the SEC and the Big Ten, which I think is maybe just a... um, He forgot to include the ACC in that part of that sentence. I don't know. (laughs) The gap between the SEC and the Big Ten is not really a concern here. I'm more worried about the gap between those two conferences and the ACC, but I think that's just Ross not knowing what he's talking about. Um, Continues, in the most successful year under a merit-based model, a school might receive an extra $5 million, one administrator (laughs) estimates. Just shifting chairs around on the Titanic. No problems. <laughs> well, we fixed it. Florida State, if it wins 11 games, will get an extra $2 million a year. Like that, the, the, it seems like the ACC's sort of just shit out of luck here, right? I don't know that any of these options are especially attractive or really realistic. Yeah. There is absolutely nothing about these people changing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it is, uh, it, it is simply not going to go the way they want it to. Like, I, I mean, these, I think these schools can't leave um, because e- even if like, the other people think people said is like, well, at, like the Big 12 is going to get in their bite at the apple. I think it's coming later in the article. Sorry if I'm stealing your thunder here. But like, mm. you know, the Big 12 is in their bite at the apple, the TV contract before the ACC could even re-up. So it's going to be an even wider gap in a few years. Um, why wouldn't even like the, the schools that aren't part of the mega, the quote unquote Magnificent Seven want to jump to the Big 12 if they could? Like, why wouldn't Pitt and Louisville jump to the Big 12, yeah. right? And, and like schools like that. And the answer is like they would, but if there are any number of schools left, which look, no one's taking Syracuse, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no one is going to agree to take Boston College and Syracuse uh, away from this conference. And, like, if there are two or three teams left in this league, they will take UConn and uh, UMass. They have whatever kind of you know whatever mishmash of bullshit G five teams they have to get to keep this as a as a league. They will do so just to guarantee they can collect the exit fees yeah. and and you know the other money away from these these exiting schools. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's not going to be any sort of option where everyone agrees to dissolve the league. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, there's uh, too much financial incentive for that not to, for that to happen. So basically, the question is how long until the buyouts are feasible, right? Like how long until Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina and a few other schools can afford based on offers from the Big Ten or SEC, how long till they can afford to pay what's left on their ACC contract? Yeah. And I think the answer is like, you know, eight more years. Yeah. <laughs> like it, we're, it's not happening soon. Yeah. It seems to be basically unless there is a major change, uh, which, you know, has happened before, um, they're just stuck with it until like, 
2030 <laughs> at a minimum, right? Like 2030, 2032 yeah. range. Um, then you could start to talk about it. But right now, I mean, it's it's huge. It's a huge, it's a huge number. And you still don't get your rights. Even if you pay to leave, you still don't get your rights. You're still fucked. They, they have your home game still. You wouldn't really bring a whole lot of value <laughs> to a new conference. It's just, uh, it's, it, it seems like a non-starter here. Um, so moving then to the Big Ten and later to the SEC, although there's really not a ton on the SEC. And, and really quick, before, really quick yeah. before you get to that, those things, I do want to say, like, I get why these teams are pissed off. Like, they... Yeah. Like, it it does fucking suck to be Clemson and FSU, and it is crazy. Like people talk about like the business of college football and how the transfer portal is going to ruin things. Like in reality, like being Florida State or Clemson, who are just as good of a program as all these other top programs in the country, right? Like these are not different than an LSU or or you know a Penn State, meaningfully, right? Yeah. Like, those are on that level of program. Yeah, uh, just to get purely fucked by like the league you're at, your president said yes or no to forty years ago, <laughs> like where, where you ended up because of that. Uh, and then subsequently a TV deal you were like one or two, one or two of 14 votes on. Yeah. I, I do get why it's frustrating. It's crazy. They locked themselves to this deal forever. Like the ACC is in a horrible place now. Yeah. Um, but there's no wailing a gnash to teeth to get you out of it. You are, you're just stuck. Like it's, I get why they're going to try. They have to try. Yeah. It's not going to work. You are stuck in this fucking deal for the next eight years. Yeah. Years. And, and it's the, the, the big 10 and the sec as we'll get to here. Don't seem especially interested in like helping out in this circumstance. Cause they don't, need to and also they don't really benefit from doing that um so it says here the big 10 seems to be it does it doesn't say here this is my summation the big 10 seems to be done um it says that kevin warren as you mentioned earlier made a push to expand again this time targeting washington and oregon as a pair of west coast neighbors to go along with additions usc and ucla this was last winter um but that the league needed more broadcasting dollars at least 200 million more a year uh to assure that school distribution remained whole is the quote um, the most likely broadcasting dollars would come from ESPN or streamers, Amazon and Apple. Neither happened. Um, and money aside, many of the league's athletic directors and presidents did not have the appetite for future expansion. I don't know why you wrote money aside there. That's the only factor in this. There's no, there's no other guiding <laughs> force. It's just money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there has been some reporting from our buddy Matt Brown of extra points for the people that are basically saying it like, basically how messy and annoying like the UC system was to get those schools extracted from sure. kind of uh, weld the appetite of some of the big 10 presidents and administrators with that again, yeah. especially because they're not slam dunks the way USC and UCLA were right. Like it's like, if they could do that to add Texas and Oklahoma, sure. They would have done it. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> they'd say yes right now because the money's right. But like, it's a combination of the money's probably right, but it's not, overwhelmingly good enough to deal with the headache yeah and and like they have some friends in those systems they don't want to crush the rest of the pack well and they also like as he gets to this article i think i'm against stealing your thunder here mm-hmm. by waiting oregon and washington only get more desperate like, we see how like desperate these leagues in the and the acc are to get out of this deal right like <laughs> imagine like they would say yes to what like if they could just get out of the acc scot-free right now would they take a 40% revenue share, 50%? Like how low would they go? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like a revenue share from the SEC or something like that. That's the situation Oregon and Washington will walk into. It's like they're going to take a smaller cut of the pie yeah. uh, just to get in the league at some point down the road if the Big Ten waits. They've never done that before. Yeah. They've never offered, they've always wanted to keep equal revenue distribution just a matter of principle. It's something Michigan and Ohio State have pushed as leaders of the conference. But I wonder if the business will win out at a certain point. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see yeah. how it goes. But um, basically, there's no incentive to do this, right? No incentive to give anybody like you don't need to save a hoe, right? Just yeah. let them do their thing. Yeah, <laughs> like let them let them figure it out. You don't need to go save these. You don't have to put a cape on. Yeah, exactly. So it continues, uh, sort of noting this is, is as you know the potential ripple effects that a collapse of the Pac-12 South, which I think actually exists anymore but the pac-12 south being those four teams that we mentioned earlier essentially um if those teams were to go to the big 12 then there would suddenly become maybe more interest uh specifically the big 10 could add pac-12 north schools like washington and oregon at that point desperate for a home at a at likely a discount they'd almost certainly accept a partial distribution rate so like you said um you can just wait you can just wait you don't need to do this right now they don't add enough to really merit saving them uh, if you're the Big Ten, and so you can just wait. You can see if the Pac-12 collapses, and if it does, then you can get them at a at a great discount. Um, and if it doesn't collapse, then 
who cares? You already got USC and UCLA. It's not really that big of a deal. And it would probably be a pretty short grant of rights. So you could just get them in four or five years anyway. Um, this, uh, I, I think you're probably just going to see pretty much every non-Pac-12 conference waiting and, and watching here to see what the Pac-12 TV deal looks like. And then if they could, you know, if the Big 12 can pick off some of those schools and kind of crush the conference. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess that's just sort of the next the next. Thing that we're all watching for. Um, <clears throat> it closes yeah. by mentioning that the SEC doesn't really seem especially involved in this cycle. Um, says, quote, there is little appetite from the risk-averse league presidents to entangle themselves in a potentially sticky legal situation over a grant of rights. Very horny way to write that sentence. Um, mm. <laughs> also says the SEC uh, already has schools in Florida and South Carolina potentially ruling out teams like Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, um, and that it would have more interest in schools in new states like North Carolina and Virginia, which of course would include North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Um, but again, they just wait. They don't need to do I, this I'm right not now. buying that, by the way. By the yeah. way, I, I am a... Uh, no, I don't buy it. Yeah. I, I do wonder like, if the power brokers of the SEC would be... I mean, I'm sure they'd be interested in adding some some you know getting like florida state and clemson and miami level brands at a greatly discounted rate but i do think that there is sort of a florida could probably get together a decent block south carolina could probably get together a decent block of schools that would be like not interested in that for what it would do to recruiting whereas they would benefit great greatly from just letting those programs languish right like South Carolina would greatly prefer that Clemson not have any money. South Carolina would love it if Clemson doesn't have any money. That would be ideal for South Carolina. Same with Florida and Florida State and Miami, right? Like I and and this is not unprecedented. This happens a lot in realignment. I don't think it would be that uh, difficult to imagine those teams putting together a, a voting block that would be able to keep any of those schools out of the conference, even if the conference was interested, which it doesn't really seem to be right now. And even let's think about it this way too, right? Like if you're, you know, you can reasonably say as the SEC, hey, look at what the entire trend line of Clemson has been as a program, right? Like they're never this good for this long. And Dabo seems to be losing it, right? Like let's see if he actually can keep this program good for a long time or if they're going to return back to the mean, like not fully back to the mean, right? They're not going to go seven and six again yeah, under him. But like maybe they start going, you know, eight and four, nine and three more often as a relatively small enrollment school, it's not going to be super, you know, super appealing to add this this team in South Carolina, right? It's not going to be quite the same in level of interest for us yeah. as they were when they were winning two national titles with you know Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So I think you can see that play out. And same thing with Florida State, right? Like you know, like let, let you take your time to see the Florida schools how they handle kind of the new era, what they look like, and what the kind of level to the sport is. You're also going to see like. I mean, look, like the politics of Florida matter, right? Like the way Florida's handling education in the state matters. And it's going to be hard to get research dollars, things like that, based on decided policies, professors. Mm -hmm. If Florida is still governed the same way, like that's going to have a long-term impact on the success of Florida State and Miami. It's like, do you want to add those schools at that point in time? Yeah. Um, there are questions to consider there, right? Like what North Carolina, like, are they ever going to actually realize some of their potential and be a good football team for more than one season? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that would be cool if they did, I guess, but like, why would they see Adam if not? Like the, the basketball is not that valuable. They don't need the state of North Carolina that badly. They're already getting recruits there all the time. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of curious to watch it play out and kind of see what comes of it. Um, I don't think they're in a hurry at all. Let them kind of evaluate these teams for a while. Like watch them, watch them earn it, right? Like see, see how they compare to also the other Big 12 teams um that are now like left over there. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of these guys to watch and kind of evaluate and see. See what happens. I mean, for 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 both the Big Ten and the SEC, like you don't run out any rush to come save or bail out these Pac-12 or ACC uh, schools or the Big 12 schools for that matter. Let them fight it out on their own and see kind of who's standing. Yeah, I do also just really like conceptually, and this will be we can we can end on this and then jump to uh, there's some 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 video game news. You know how we love video games on here. Um, oh yeah, uh, I I do just really enjoy the idea of like in 2028, uh, blue Florida because Florida State is bad at football now because of Ron DeSantis, right? Like I think that that would be. That's funny. I think that yeah. would be really funny. Is is blue Florida entirely because like. 
Florida State and Miami aren't good at football anymore because they can't get out of the ACC because no one wants them because the education stuff is bad. <laughs> like that. There's, there's going to be a new bleeding really Kansas. We're going to find we're going to find out that Georgia fans are like sneaking into Jacksonville to vote. Yeah. Uh, for uh, for Republicans to, to make sure that the <laughs> education system stays bad. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I don't know. That could be fun. Yeah. yeah there's, there's there's a lot of ideas there. Yeah. The the uh, eternal battle between old people from Ohio and people who like college football in Florida. Just trying to, <laughs> trying to set. They're the only people left in the state. The rest of it has just fallen off into the ocean. That would be really cool. Uh, we look forward to that. Yeah, so, I mean, there would be a significant chunk of just like Buckeye fans in Florida who will vote for anti-Florida results. Yeah, um, politics. And they're you, you already doing that. There's a, there's a massive <laughs> block of sleeper agents in Florida from Ohio who are all <laughs> fighting to get revenge for the 2006 national championship game. That's what they're doing there. Yeah. That's why I support right to work laws in Michigan. Uh-huh. Uh, we need to weaken that state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're actually working directly with the Pinkertons who are working with the university, which I think is interesting. That's right. Um, yeah. All right, we will uh, we will close out this week with a little bit more news. Um, sort of a different. What part. is this? The freaking the freaking newsroom? Yeah, this is the newsroom. I'm Jeff Newsroom. Um, there's <laughs> uh, there's some college football video game news. EA. I don't know what they're calling it. EA College Football. Is that it? EA Sports College Football, I guess, is the name. Punchy. Really good. <laughs> Much better than NCAA 25. Um, but there's a story this morning uh, uh, from ESPN's Michael Rothstein, who I guess is their business reporter, their college sports business reporter. I've not really seen this guy before. Um, along with stories from uh, On Three's version of this guy, Pete Nakos, and of course, the originator and the best of this bunch, Matt Brown of uh, Extra Points, friend of the show. Um, about the uh, confirmation from EA Sports, I'm reading here from ESPN, uh, that EA has uh, contracted with One Team Partners to facilitate collegiate athletes' names and likenesses into the game, solving one of the major questions about college football's return to the video game space. The partnership will include the chance for all eligible FBS players to opt in to have their likenesses in EA Sports College Football, the representative said. Those players will receive compensation for being placed in the game. So this had been a big question for a while, and it was assumed that this would be the case. EA had said this is what they wanted to do. Um, now confirmed that through the group licensing with one team, um, EA will have the seemingly the vast majority of college football players actually represented in this forthcoming game. Uh, the pot uh, for money is rumored to be around $5 million, which would be about $500 per player uh, from, from Pete Neek. From Pete Nakos, uh, if a player does not want to be in the game, EA Sports would create a generic avatar and player in that athlete's place. Um, this is this is good. I like this. This is cool. I, I think that that probably basically every college football player is going to agree to this because they all want to be in the video game. Um, this yeah. is this is a long running. <laughs> this is this spans generations of college football players who want to be in the video game. This you know, since there was a game, this was a thought. But but even. In the decade without a game, it seems like a lot of these guys still just want to be in the video game, which I don't blame them for. That would be pretty cool, um, and that is going to be the case. I, this is good. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of complaints about this. I'm worried that the game will be bad because it's a bad company, but um, I'm glad that these guys are going to be getting paid. I think it's cool. I think that this makes sense and is about what we were expecting from this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it, it seems fair enough, right? Like people talk about different kind of like, you know, compensation plans to the players that actually giving them a free, co- I think it's a free, free copy of the game too, right? Yeah. Send them some beer too. Who cares? Send them some yeah. controllers. I don't know. Let them, <laughs> let them have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, I am sure we are going to somehow like fucking perverts can end up streaming this game mm. uh, on some, you know, sort of platform. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunate, but it will have to happen, I guess. Um, <laughs> Such is life. Such is life. As, what was as... your, were, were you, I, I, I assume I know the answer to this, but you were more of a dynasty guy than like a road to the show guy, right? Or yeah. like, whatever they called the, road to what glory. was the be a player mode? Road to glory. Road to glory. Yeah, I was, I, you, you are certainly correct. I was pretty much exclusively a dynasty guy. I'm not. That's uh, all I did as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not big on like online gaming in general. I'm just not, no, not really my cup of tea. Um, I'm not competitive in that specific way. And I, I think if I was, it would just drive me crazy. So I try to avoid it as best I can. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was mostly a dynasty guy and it, it seems like this is going to be, that's kind of the focus for this game, which I'm optimistic about per Matt Brown's reporting, um, on, on extra points. It better be, be dude. It better flagship, be. Yeah. The flagship game mode. I hope that that is the case because that's the only thing I'm interested in. <laughs> 
it's the best shit basically in any video game you can't really do a whole lot better than a good dynasty mode in a in a college football game it's good when, when this game was first announced what like two years ago we knew it was coming or whatever i was like i was not in the best place mentally uh-huh. <laughs> like now i am thankful i'm in a pretty good spot man life's going better for me than it has been a long you know i'm 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 pretty much doing, doing as well as I've ever done in my life. I'm doing pretty happy right now. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, if this dynasty mode sucks, I'll be sent into a spiral depression I may never recover from. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be buying a game console exclusively to play this game. And so I would be... Right. <clears throat> that would be a pretty bad investment of like $400 plus whatever the game costs. You think it's only 400 bucks? I think the systems are $400. <laughs> I, I believe that they're are selling them they in down actual... They're down now? I think, they... there's, I think they're selling them in actual stores now. I saw one on sale for, uh, I think, $400, like the digital yeah, edition really? in a Costco. Mm. Yeah. Um, so oh, okay. I, was, I was intrigued about that, uh, but yeah, I am going to be buying a game console for exactly one game, and if the game is ga- is is bad, I'm going to be uh, probably pretty despondent. I think you guys will be able to tell, <laughs> like on the podcast, that I am struggling if the game is bad. Um, I, I'm I don't. We have... should legitimately we should do a league with some like friendly sports writers. Yeah, well, there aren't any of those, including us. None of us are friendly. <laughs> None of us are friendly. Um, Maybe a uh, honestly, maybe a a a board a board wide league is two years out or a a year out and 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 change. But um, yeah, Damn, I, I, I can't believe I just start gaming again, dude. I haven't played a video game in yeah, literally years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this would be the one that would get me back into it. I, I've not. I don't. I'm not uh, as up on it as I once was when I wasn't doing anything else. Now I'm kind of a little bit too busy to be. <laughs> to be doing that very often but um if it's good which i don't think it will be i would be uh, i think investing probably way too much time in it even if it's bad but the dynasty is okay i'd probably just do that and then sim the games which is what i did for years with madden because the madden gameplay was um not palatable for me i was not capable of of doing that but i can sim i don't i don't have any issue with that i can can gladly just oh yeah i I, I love for me Dude, thank you so much for saying this because my friends used to call me fucking insane. No, and almost every sports game I ever played, I was running the dynasty and simming most of the yeah, games. Yeah, I just want the spreadsheet simulator. I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really give a shit. I couldn't agree more. Like, I don't really give. The best part is the stuff that's not the gameplay. The gameplay is always going to be kind of limited if you actually know about the sport, um, which is true of basically any sports game I would play. I'm not out there playing. And also too easy. Like. E- it's either too easy against the computer or you're playing like the best people you've ever seen your entire life online. And it's not fun because you're yeah. doing 75, nothing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a computer. It's going to be hard to make it play football. Well, it's a difficult, <laughs> it's a difficult sport to simulate. Um, but, uh, the that's Ryan Day's great. problem. Yeah, yeah. That's Ryan Day's problem is that he can't figure <laughs> out how to simulate football correctly. He's <laughs> struggling. Yeah. They, they installed AI in him, but it just doesn't really, he keeps, <laughs> he keeps finding they the were, they were somehow able to teach him how to love, but yeah. how to coach football. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why they installed pain before they taught him how to play football. It seems mean to do. <laughs> why did you make this? Why did you make this this robotic man feel? This was cruel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I want to run. I want to start my job as like the Ball State defensive coordinator and work my way up to being, of course, the head coach of Ohio State and winning you know seventeen national titles in a row. Yeah, that is. You'll you'll like this about me as well. Um, this is more of a. Uh, I was not always like this I used to just do the thing where I would run the Ohio State Dynasty but for I would say probably the majority of my time with the NCAA games um, I become a head coach at like a G5 school and then I just sit there I don't go anywhere yeah I'm a frequent lifer of like a Mac school I'm just, <laughs> just chilling out I was big on I was big on Fresno State Fresno State was one of my favorites yeah um, where did I play a lot I was big into Fresno of course Ohio State um, I think I did Western Michigan several times mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, where else did I go? I don't think I ever really picked many SEC schools. Yeah. Um, oh, I did Arkansas a couple times. Arkansas's Arkansas was fun. Arkansas is a classic. That's that's a that's an easy. They got a lot of uniforms in those older games. That's that's a that's yeah. a classic one. Um, I like Florida State. Florida yeah, State was fun. Florida State is cool. Um, yeah, this, this is good. This is all good stuff. There's there's not a ton else about the game that is, I think, noteworthy right now. It says more than 120 teams have committed to being in the game, including all 10 conferences and the college football playoff. This is not a surprise. I think most of them have already done that. Um, the ESPN story mentions a few schools specifically as joining 
since this this uh, news broke. I think Tulane was in that group. Maybe Wisconsin, Northwestern. I'm going off the dome here, so I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, if you um, don't get yourself in this game, it is the biggest fumble of all. Time. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it said in the story, and this has been noted a couple times, that Notre Dame is still considering it. Notre Dame is still thinking about it. All time fuck up if Notre Dame's not in the game. You have just you have crippled Marcus Freeman even more than his own lack of ability could. Like you, <laughs> he's done. It's over. He's cooked. You got to get in the fucking game. You cannot be the one school like oh well we're actually gonna take a stand against this okay cool <laughs> i hope you liked being relevant it's over now we're gonna we're gonna they're gonna be cooking your ass on the video game um but uh yeah this is all good this is good stuff i uh i, I look forward to this i look forward to being disappointed again by ea as we uh, as we love to do um ryan do you have anything else before we get out of here uh, um Hmm. Any thoughts from you on the recent, uh, uh, any politics thoughts, Patrick? You've been following politics lately? I think it's good. seems like all of it is good. seems like it's all yeah. good news. <laughs> Nothing bad. Yeah. Nothing bad going on. I did like, uh, not to, not to dive too deep into this. I did like the Slate story yesterday about Dianne Feinstein. Did you see this? No, I didn't see it. What was uh, it? Let me, let me pull up. There were a couple of really good quotes in here. Um, uh, let's see. I have it. Uh, I have it in my bookmarks. Let me find it. So they, the, 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 there was like a media scrum with Diane Feinstein, I guess, yesterday, and she was. She said here, uh, "quote No, I haven't been gone. Uh, you should follow the. I, I haven't been gone. I've been working." Um, it says, when asked whether she meant that she'd been working from home, she turned feisty, quote, no, I've been here. I've been voting. She said, please, you either know or don't know. And that's it. <laughs> she was wheeled away shortly after. So true. That's awesome. Dude, she, she <laughs> rocks. I, uh, man, I don't know. I can't, I can't wait to see. I hope she, I hope she dies in the Senate floor. Is that mean to say? Like, I, mean, I, I would like to see it happen. On, if, I'd like to see a Senator die on live TV. Yeah. It would make for a really interesting sort of thing to see how the, you know, how the other senators on the floor respond to that. Like what they do, if they just, you know, <laughs> just keep, I'm keep voting until you drop sort of situation. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you're seeing like uh, they're gonna start eating her for the nutrients to steal her power. Like a cat, yeah, like a cat when their owner dies, just fucking snacking on Diane Feinstein's fingers. <laughs> yeah, Ro Connor's running over there and just fucking biting on her ankles. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. I think that's, that's cool. probably the know. most likely scenario. They would eat. They would eat her and absorb her power. I think that's that's generally what they do. Well, there's uh, there's a thinly veiled like you know a, a mask of, of decorum mm-hmm. that like you do forget that people are all you know demons. To, yeah. To the person. Yeah. I mean, how? Yeah. There's. You, what do you want me to do? Not live to be 150 years old? I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need to eat that dead woman. I'm gonna have to get a bite of Diane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you ever worry that like our our insane uh, kind of jokes and riffs this podcast come across as like actually being cute people yeah i've I've, I've had that i've had that thought before yeah i've had the (laughs) i think we're probably fine i've had the moment (laughs) of concern of people thinking that we're like uh actually crazy people instead of just playing crazy people on a podcast yeah Um, well there are some things i am actually crazy about but like i think that I don't know. I only have the stuff that's real. We're only crazy about the yeah. things that are real, which is, you know, objective and not <laughs> just based on your, your uh, point of view. I'll hide this in the episode because I kind of forgot to get into it during the uh, the Mac preview. But yeah. I was texting you and, and a friend of ours, so I will not uh, criminalize with this, <laughs> this uh, last night about a joke that came up with about Carson Steele. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more you look at a Carson Steele, the more it is clear he is like a CIA plant slash operation paperclip <laughs> Nazi. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Blonde hair, blue eyed guy from Germantown, Indiana. Interesting enough. Mm. Somehow, first of all, his name's Carson Steele. Come on. That is a fake name. That is yeah. not a real guy's name. Yeah. Uh, squat 605 pounds. Squat at 605 pounds is a high school senior. Come on. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, this guy was, and, he, he was like, he came out of the fucking, the cloning tubes that they were using to make like Olympic boxers. He came out really late yeah. and they're just like, well, I mean, fucking put him in Germantown. I don't care. What do you, why do we, <laughs> what do you mean we still have this guy? What? <laughs> he's, he's dead stock. That's a dead stock Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, just fucking send him to Indiana. I don't care. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> and of course they they put the, the way they fucked up, and the reason you know this true patriots like ourselves can tell this is uh this is a mess up mm-hmm. is that he played at one of the top high schools in all the Midwest, in the Center Grove, and uh you know Germantown, Indiana. And uh, somehow only got offered by Ball State where he was immediately like, you know, an All-American as a freshman and sophomore. Yeah. And then goes to play for UCLA. Oh, then he goes to Los Angeles too. Come on. I know what he's out there. I, I know yeah. I know who he's hunting in Los Angeles. Yeah. I know what's going on. Well, and the other uh, giveaway is that he actually has seven fingers on one hand and three on the other. It was <laughs> sort of a cloning error. Um, yeah. That's good. <laughs> so we, uh, we wish the best of luck to him and to uh, known sympathizer Chip Kelly, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's enabling this enabling these these behaviors yeah. i think that ship kelly probably is on our side that's my that's what i choose to believe i think that ship kelly is a is a i think i think he's a freedom fighter yeah. i think he's a patriot like us. i think so too who was i did i know my, my brain is so fucked up i was uh doing the transfer uh stuff today i like call the transfer evaluations and i saw that i think it was auburn uh signed a receiver who had 1488 career receiving yards uh-huh. and i was like mm, uh-huh. that's pretty yeah you got your eyes on huh, yeah I, I see what yeah. you're doing hugh freeze i know what's going on over there yeah <laughs> <laughs> they signed like nothing but like white offensive linemen and that guy <laughs> i was like okay come on <laughs> it's cool it's cool that our, our brains are permanently broken by exposure to these fucking freaks it's just uh forever yeah. forever gonna be seared into my brain just like seeing anything that could be construed as that and just assuming the absolute worst about people (laughs) another day in america baby yep uh watch i'm not i'm not even in america what can i do but um anyway parts unknown all right uh go bucks yeah (laughs) sure we'll see you guys next week